Welcome to another episode with Loans Elevated. My name is Brock Lassig, top 1% loan officer nationwide. And I'm TJ Heidenreich. Together we bring the latest news, strategies, and insights in the mortgage and real estate industry. Okay, guys, we are back and I have my partner in crime, Ryan the King here. TJ is unfortunately yeah. out of town. He decided to take a day off. I don't know why he yeah, thought he, he could do that. Doesn't feel like he needs to work, I guess. Yeah. Well, we feel like we need to work and provide all of you with the information that is relevant and really you need to know because there's some big changes as it relates to mortgage rates, what's moving them, what we expect coming into the near future like this summer, and some interesting things that are making it difficult for us lenders and really anybody out there to forecast what's going to happen and get you, help you make the right decisions because frankly the goalposts are being moved without without notice sometimes. So anyway, we wanted to dive in. Why don't you get going, Ryan? So we saw rates go up like what was this about 2 weeks ago? We saw yep. them start to tip up. What happened? It was right after the jobs report that was released. I think that was a Thursday, right? I think so. Yep. And we may have already pushed a lot of this content out, but at face value that jobs report looks very inflationary. When in reality, the raw data shows something completely different. Um, in so fact, what deflationary. We yeah, yeah. And what we learned to help kind of simplify what Ryan's saying, inflationary, deflationary, inflationary would be outrageously good employment numbers. That's what we got. Like four or five times expectations was the numbers that came out in February. That's very concerning, something the Fed is freaked out about. And if the Fed's freaked out about it because of inflation, the markets are freaked out. It's not going to be good for mortgage rates because it's inflationary. If there's more jobs, there's more income, there's more money to spend on the goods that are out there, which means inflation goes up, things get more expensive. And not to mention the inflation, I mean, unemployment went down. Yeah, the unemployment rate went down. (laughs) Yeah, which we know, like, and we've been talking about this, everyone is laying off across the board, all your big companies, Google, Apple, I mean, Twitter, it's... And if you don't hear about people laying off, you definitely don't hear about rainbows and butterflies and big balance sheets and a lot of cash flow and ability to hire and grow. Like, think about housing. Housing, just in general, is a massive, massive part of our economy because it has so much to do with services, and we are a massively services-based economy. Housing is down across the board. That's mortgage people like us, real estate people, builders, uh, title companies, all of the appraisers, all these people that are service-based employees are in trouble because the housing yeah. market is depressed. But in addition to that, the other enormous component of our of our economy is tech. And yep. tech is down. So like two of the biggest components of the economy are down. And, and if you're not hearing about layoffs, you're definitely not hearing about massive growth in hiring, which is crazy. But so. I did want to say a couple things. So the numbers came in at plus 588,000 jobs. And I, I'm not being perfect here. This is based on memory. But plus 500 and some odd thousand jobs where expectations were about plus 108,000 jobs. So the expectations were way lower. We got blown out of the water. What Ryan had said, because the raw data tells a different story and there were some interesting changes on the methodology on how they calculate the employment numbers that took effect in January, which which was the February data that we that we got, that of uh, course weren't put in the headlines. Right, it wasn't put in the headlines. Nobody, yeah, exactly. All, all that was put in the headlines was a huge number, but this caused. So what we heard was the raw data would have been a two and a half million 
unit job loss. So that means two and a half million people would have actually in the real data lost their jobs. But with certain seasonal adjustments and different things, the the net number that they published on the headlines said that 580 some odd thousand people gained a job. So there's a 3 million job delta, which is super concerning. I frankly don't think it's the real information. No. Which is crazy. So anything to close off that. Okay, no. so that pushed the markets into a very into somewhat of a tailspin. And we were hoping that we would get supported with inflation data. But unfortunately, the goalposts are being moved on inflation data as well, which is interesting. But uh, last, or it was last week, right? Or earlier this week? For uh, CPI? CPI. It was this week. This week. So this week, we got CPI, which is the consumer inflation. And we got PPI, which is like the wholesale inflation, the producers of the goods, their mm-hmm. inflation. Both of these numbers were up month over month. And came in higher than expectations, the, the, the inflation. The amount of inflation was higher than the market expected. The underlying issue that I see, though, which uh, one of our colleagues brought up, was that it's crazy. We're still seeing things get more expensive month over month, Yeah, which is concerning. Uh, it is. <laughs> but yeah. then beyond expectations. So that added fuel to the fire of this employment number. Yeah, and I think fuel was an aspect of that. I. I think we saw gas prices go up, and that's, I mean, I think that's what led into PPI. The big issue why that went up was because a lot of that is based on on fuel rates, and because fuel rates went up, I mean, that doesn't, they have to increase their costs, which trickles down to us on the consumer level, so it's kind of just this domino effect that we see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like I said, there are changes in methodology, and you can look this stuff up. There were changes in September of 2022, which took effect January 2023. And the data that we're getting is January's data, that we're, we're receiving the data in February for January. So this is the first time we're seeing some of these changes. So the methodology, methodology changes could have some impact to the market reactions because, mm-hmm. like we said, the market is playing att- paying attention to headlines. You can look this stuff up right on the BLS website. Like you just Google uh, CPI methodology calculation changes, and you can find this right on the government website. It's, it's not private knowledge, but like Ryan said, it's not published, and that is causing some issues with mortgage rates because it's all reactionary based on the headlines. headlines. So explain yeah. why that's so important, this this whole headline situation. A lot of trading in the markets nowadays is done, I mean, through AI. Basically 100% of it. I mean, there's like a very, very minuscule portion that somebody logs into their TD Ameritrade account or something and makes right. a trade. But Which I think the flaw in that is they don't have the ability to dig into the raw data, the real numbers behind the headlines. And that's why you're just continuing to see the markets do this huge sell-off we've been seeing the past two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got technology is good and bad. In this case, it's serving bad in our opinions, especially as you see the government making these methodology changes that are not broadcasted. They're not, they're not, not announced. big in public. Yeah. They're not headlined oriented. Nope. Computers are, are just really paying attention to, okay, there is an analytical number. We have this expectation. Is the expectation better or worse? And if it's better, how do we react? If it's worse, how do we react? Is it a buy or is it a sell? That's how simplified yeah. trading is, which is, which is concerning. 
Um, because the other thing that's important here, as you like, we are taking the human aspect and thankfully we have massive and enormously good resources in our industry that we get to learn so much of this from one of those major ones, which we've talked about a lot is MBS highway, Barry Habib. We learned so much from them and they do a lot of the heavy lifting, frankly, to dive into a lot of this data for us so that we can understand and help our clients make the best decisions, uh, or at least understand what's going on. But the crazy thing is, so we talked about the jobs report and and the depth you need to dig into on understanding that. On the inflation, the consumer side of inflation, there's something really, really significant brewing here. Which is, this is not a methodology change, but it's just a, it's just a, a, a function of the way this works. And there was a little bit of methodology change on the weighting of the housing costs. Um, so this is like owner's equivalent rent and real true rents that yeah. they use to bake into this report. The challenge is that the, he- so the headlines are better and they did make some changes last year where the comparisons were worse. So that's making current data worse as well. You can look that stuff up in historical, uh, changes on the, on the websites, but the housing situation is a challenge because we obviously saw a massive increase in housing costs and rent costs about a year ago, right? right? Mm -hmm. And people sign a lease and then you don't get the new data until people sign new leases right now. A year out. A year out. So we're, the, the data that we're comparing against is from reduced metrics on what rent was. And so the, these, the comparisons that we're seeing, because they're a year backdated, are resulting in much higher inflation. But we're almost out of the woods. Yeah. Well, because I think we're seeing it too. I mean, rents are slowing down in real time, Right, it seems. I mean, right. the rent, gro- rent growth, we went from, I mean, it was double digits for, what was it, almost an entire year. Mm-hmm. And we've now dipped back down into single-digit increases so we know like the real time which shelter takes up 40 percent of that cpi is it, is it 40 percent 39.3 of that cpi like inflation that. report and because it's lagging it's just holding up a lot of that improvement from inflation coming down well because so, the issue these people signed these leases let's let's try and dive into this the people signed the leases last june for example at the yep. peak of housing price or rent rent yep. going up Mm-hmm. They signed it. So they're not going to get out of that lease until June of this year. So there's massively inflated numbers that people are paying for rent because they signed a lease, uh, you know, in June. So six, eight months ago, with they the signed double digit Exactly, increases. with these increases. Yeah. And now the market has not evolved where people have to re-sign leases to capture some of these declines. Not right. only stabilization, but actual declines, declines. Yeah. which is crazy. So in real time, we're seeing it. But over time, this will be evident in the reports. And what we're understanding and and what uh, we've been reading and learning is that this finally should the the hump, we should get over the hump on this on this housing, uh, the the rent expense, which is the huge inflation influence. I mean, 40% of that report, that's a big chunk. And we saw historical increases, which is what's included in this data, which is what's lagging in the data. Exactly. So what we're understanding is that come May, we should start seeing those numbers trail down and, and actually impact CPI because, like we said, it's about a year lag and that those leases that were signed a year ago, we're finally going to start seeing the downward trend Decrease, instead of yeah. the upward trend, which we've been seeing this whole time, which kind of started like back in 
May to June of 2022, right? So May of this year, we expect inflation on the consumer level, CPI inflation, to come down convincingly down from May forward. We think that's the point where the tides really turn for mortgage rates and likely the housing market because things will pump back up as mortgage rates come down. So May and beyond is really where we see the turning of the tides. And that's why I think there's, I mean, what we're seeing right now is not anything to really be panicked from. We knew it was going to be like a seesaw kind of effect. It Mm -hmm. wasn't ever going to be a straight trend line downwards. And if anything, I was having a conversation with, I think it was another agent the other day. And it's honestly a good thing that it's not just a straight line down in my opinion, because what did we see as that trend from November 10th to I mean, two, three weeks ago before rates really started to tick back up, mortgage applications were increasing 20% week over week. Well, and we went back into a multi-offer situation. And it just happened too fast. At least this Mm -hmm. gives Mm -hmm. anyone who's still unconvinced on how mortgage rates can impact that increase in mortgage applications, like, tell them that. Like, look what happened when we were on that good trend downwards. Do they want to continue to risk waiting for the right moment? Because we saw how fast it can change. 100%. 100%. You missed your opportunity in a matter of last week versus this week. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And that's like our hope is the reason we push this content out is so that the people that are in the industry, the realtors that we work with, so on and so forth, can help guide their clients better. But then the clients that are listening to this information, we're hoping that you can take some of this, use it to your advantage, and negotiate for you and your family better yeah. because of this. Because, like, the headlines freak everybody out. You've got to get deeper than the headlines, which is why you need to have people in your corner like us that can understand and, and explain this stuff to you. It's what we study all day. And I mean, like, for example, Ryan legitimately is under contract to buy a house yeah. himself right now in the point when rates are going up and mm-hmm. things don't look good. All of our clients are no. saying they don't want to, right? Right. You're an insider. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. It's because you know, well, frankly, the opportunity, the window of opportunity for negotiations is closing. Like yep. once we see that tip, I think in May, maybe June, July, depending on how quickly the velocity of rates coming down is, no longer can you go to a seller and negotiate anything. No longer right. can you go to a builder and get a price drop. Like these things are going to go away and it's only getting worse. So we'll touch on, sorry, I'm getting excited, but we just, <laughs> there's one more thing. Remember that we talked about today because we're kind of on this tangent of, Things like take advantage while the the going is a little bit rough. Most people think it's not a good time because rates are high and I don't know, home prices might continue to drop. The fact is we saw some data this week as well with, with builder basically permits. So permits being pulled are down, to, what was it, 20% nationally yeah, year over year? Somewhere around there. 20%. So there's like 1.4 million it's a little less, 1.3 some odd million permits being pulled, which is the forward-looking metric where we know how much inventory is going to be added to the market. And here in Utah, especially, this is exasperated. We have we have a shortage more so oh, than most places. Severe. In the, right. Like it's, it's, it hasn't ever gone away. No. And it's only getting worse because that 1.34, this is a national number, 1.34 million permits. Well, the forward-looking household formations, which are people aging into the 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 time in their lives that they become homeowners and they need their own independent household and people migrating here, so on and so forth. All of that is 1.9 million household formations against 1.35 million household, like homes being built, permits being pulled. Yep. And there is a shortage right now. We mm-hmm. already do not have enough. Yep. So that's going to worsen this by $600,000 nationwide. I mean, that's, that's like 
50 percent yeah right well i think that's that's why it's important to stay up to date and and why i think we bring a lot of value to the tables because if if you're already hearing the data if it's all over the headlines generally it's it's something that had taken place a few weeks before Mm -hmm. and if it's already a for sure thing it's too late at that point i mean you you see it with with builders with i mean just the consumer level in general well, and do the it headlines. Takes, it takes like a few weeks for the rest of the public to digest it. If you have someone who's very active in what's going on in real time, that's when you can take advantage of the opportunity. There's risk to everything. And actually but, understand the data, right? Because right. the headlines are not the data. You know, doom and gloom in the housing industry. All these headlines are ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're just... Well, they're just meant to get glamorized. people click. Yeah, they, click. They just want to click on the article. And 100%. It's, I mean, they're doing their job, right? Yep. But it unfortunately impacts us. I just I think it's it's very important to leverage someone who is getting this real time data because it it allows you to take opportunities that you may not be able to get if you continue to resort to waiting for media or word of mouth to get spread around beyond the public. Yep. And we constantly talk on our team, talk to our clients, talk to our partners about Warren Buffett's age old quote, which is when people are fearful, be greedy. When people are greedy, be fearful. Right now, People on housing are fearful. They think rates are too high. It's unaffordable. Home prices are going to continue dropping. What we're telling you, to the best of our abilities with the crystal ball that we can formulate here, based on the data that we are understanding and spend the time to, to, to research, the crystal ball says home prices are going to go up. The crystal ball says rates are going to go down. When those two things happen, you pay more money. Not right now when rates are high. That's a temporary thing. It's a Band-Aid mm-hmm. situation. We can solve that yeah. in the future. So, and anyway. we can't say the exact date. Nobody knows the exact, right. the exact day when that's going to happen. But if you're buying a house today to sell it tomorrow, yeah, I might tell you to be a little careful. But most people are buying homes to stay in them for three to five years. In that case, I could tell you, I mean, I'm pretty confident in the housing market within yeah. that time frame. Or, I mean, when and, have we and, ever even really seen a, a window of time where we've on average performed negatively in that long of a time frame? I don't think it exists. I did some research on this a while back, and it was actually in another episode, but I think I ran it on like a seven-year stretch. There was never one, because that that's like the average time of ownership of the home. Yeah. There was never one seven-year stretch that if you bought and sold in that seven-year period, there's never one time you would have lost money, um, which is crazy. So I agree with what you're saying. A lot of people make emotional decisions based on when they should buy, what their temperature is on the housing industry, based on the data they're hearing now and what's happening now or what's going to happen next month or what's going to happen in six months. And the reality is none of that matters. Now, a month from now, six months from now, none of it matters. It's irrelevant if you're going down this path uh, of buying a home for the long-term investment. And that's really where that's what yep. real estate, That's the benefit of real estate is long-term investing, not yep. short-term flipping, and although some people do it. I, the thing we have present today, which is, I mean, it's concerning at the same time, but a benefit if you're looking to, to buy is, there, I mean, the fact is we have no supply. Mm-hmm. It, it is getting to the point where it's almost concerning, like how are we going to get people into these homes when we have no supply on the market? Well, and do we but see another 2020 repeat where I, I hope not? I hope not. It's possible. You know, that's the concerning part. Mm-hmm. But what happened after that? The people who did own homes, they made they 50% saw fifty percent in two, in two years. years. Yeah, yeah. It's you insane. can't get that anywhere else. Literally anywhere else. And that's leverage money. Huge, 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 huge. Well, anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hopefully, this is beneficial for you. Uh, to just quickly recap, rates have gotten a little bit worse. This is February two thousand twenty-three. Rates have gotten a little worse. March 
They th- we think there's going to be a window of them improving a little bit. April, to the seesaw effect that Ryan mentioned, we think they might get worse again in April. Come May, we think that's the turning point of better moving forward. Just how quick do they get better, and how bad does it get between now and then? So um, we say now is the time to move forward and, and take the opportunity that's in front of us because it's a real legitimate opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for tuning in. For more industry insights, follow us on all platforms at Loans Elevated. And to get in touch with our team, call or text 801-713-4000 or visit loanselevated.com.